so it's good to have her here in the house of the Lord. Hebrews 11, starting at verse number 13, is where we will begin reading. And the scripture, if you don't have your Bibles, it's up on the screen there. Um, it says here, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and then they were able to confess that they were strangers and pilgrims somebody say on the earth some of you probably here today have said boy if I can just get out of Indiana I can just go somewhere warmer. We'll step outside, praise God. If I can just go somewhere else. It's amazing, if I can pause here for a moment, how we can undervalue or underappreciate what we have. I was with uh, Sister Carson's sister and sister and brother Carson. We were all together and we were driving out to visit Donna McCall some of you know, recognize that name she was celebrating her 90th birthday and we were driving it's just flat land you know Indiana you see some corn some soybeans we're used to it that's it and she's looking out the window saying this is beautiful look at this just beautiful it's just flat, beautiful. And I'm sitting in the front seat saying, is she seeing what I'm seeing? I want to know, do you, has God given you a vision that I don't recognize? It's amazing, right? We, we, we appreciate other things everywhere else, but we don't value what we have. I can preach on that a while. But they said they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Didn't matter where they were. They knew that this was not their home. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait to be in that better country. This is not our home, brothers and sisters. This is not our home. Now, we're going to enjoy it while we're here. God is going to bless us while we're here. He's able to exceed the abundance of everything that we ask or think while we're here. But there's something greater on the other side. There's something better on the other side. If you're dealing with pain today, on the other side, there's no more pain. If you're dealing with sickness today, on the other side, there's no more sickness. If you're dealing with sorrow today, on the other side, there's no more sorrow. Ooh. 
I seek a better country. Well, Lord, speak to our hearts here today. Help us, Lord, to understand that there's a better country. Speak to us, O Lord. Help us, O God, to grab hold of what you're trying to say to each and every individual. Lord, this is your church. We are your people. We are your sheep, O God. I am your vessel. So use me, Lord, as you see fit. Help me to speak every word that is intended. And I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. If you're ready to receive the word, clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to continue on with this sermon series that I'm teaching on entitled Not Built to Break. I want to continue to encourage everyone that the situation that you may be going through right now is not sent to break you. No, it's only been sent to make you. So before I go any further in what I believe the Lord wants to present to us, it's important to understand one key principle about the God that we serve. And that is, is that God is a revealer. God is a spirit. He has no flesh. He has no bone. No man can see God. He is a spirit. That's why the scripture denotes that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. So for us to understand some of him, he has to reveal parts of him and how we have understanding of who he is and what he's able to do is only through revelation. So once something has been revealed to us in part, then we can understand in part. No one here today understands all of God. Just making sure someone wants to stand up and say, no preacher, I'll challenge you on that. And we don't understand all of God. We are elevated from faith to faith. We are elevated from glory to glory. Many of the things that I have been through in my life, now I can look back and see how God was just bringing me through something in order for me to have understanding of who he is. I never would have known God to be a deliverer if I wasn't in a situation where I needed only God to bring me out. There's been some things that have taken place in our life where we needed God and God alone in order to bring us out. A doctor couldn't do it. A mother or father couldn't do it. But we had to call on the name of Jesus. And it was only because of Jesus. He was the one that delivered me. But see, now I can have that understanding that God is a deliverer because otherwise I would only know him as a deliverer based on what other people say. But yet when I go through my own testing trials, I don't know that he's a deliverer. But since I've been through some tests, now I can have a testimony. And so now I can look back over my life and say, if it wasn't for the goodness of the Lord, I wouldn't be where I am today. Hallelujah. So he is a revealer. He reveals things little by little. 
And then, then when he reveals those things, now it's up to us to hold on to those things. How soon we forget. <laughs> How soon we can step into another trial, we're facing another situation, and we start to scramble and panic. Yes, we do. I've done it myself. How soon we forget about what God has already done for us. Because we're so caught up in the storm that we're in, we soon forget that, wait a minute, I remember some days ago, some years ago, when I was in maybe not this storm, but I was in a storm. And I remember how the Lord brought me out of that storm. And see, when we can remember those things and go back to the things that God has done for us, we will stop complaining about the storm that we're in and our complaint will turn into worship and say, God, if you did it before, I know that you can do it again so then that's when the scripture gives us understanding weeping may endure for a night but when I wake up the next day I'm going to dry my eyes clap my hands and say Lord you're still worthy of the praise amen The scripture says he gives us peace that passes all understanding. When I should be crying, when I should be sad, when I should be so depressed I don't want to leave my house, God gives us peace. When I, when I, when I don't know which way to go, I don't know which way to turn, God gives us peace. See, the peace doesn't mean the battle is over. Can I help somebody in here? Just because God gives you peace, that doesn't mean the battle's over. It just means the battle is going to be already won. He's saying you may be going through this situation right now, but you shall pull through this. Right, right. He's a revealer. Can I talk to y'all in here? Can I, is, is this okay? Is this okay? He, he, he's a revealer. He, he reveals things little by little. Little by little. And so we must have the understanding or the willingness to keep lifting our head in the right direction. Notice I said lifting our head in the right direction. Some of us are not lifting our head to begin with. Uh huh. Oh, I've had to tell myself, pick your head up, son. Walk around. You sometimes you don't know who's a bigger powder, me or my two-year-old. <laughs> lift your head up, son. And when you lift up, look up. We got to lift our head in the right direction. Because he will never leave you nor forsake you. Uh-huh. God will do for you what he has done for others. So tell your neighbor you're not built to break. Oh boy, I wish y'all would say that like y'all meant it. There's two words that describe our faith. This is important to note. Confidence and certainty. Two words that describe our faith. Confidence and certainty. These two qualities need a secure beginning and a secure ending point. 
The beginning point of faith is believing in God's character. Meaning he is who he says he is. The ending point of faith is believing in God's promises. That means he will do what he says he will do. When we believe that God will fulfill his promise, even though we do not see the promise, we are demonstrating true faith. The scripture lets us know in the book of John chapter number 20. We'll go there. It'll have it up on the screen here. Verse number 24, it says, but Thomas, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. This is dealing with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Jesus has now uh, appeared himself unto many of the disciples, but Thomas was not there. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we've seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except shall I see in his hands the print of the nails. But it wasn't enough just to see the nail prints. He says, except I see I shall see in his hands and the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. He says, I will not believe. So verse 26 goes on to say, it says, then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the mist. I love when Jesus just shows up. I can preach that. Then came Jesus. Amen. Then came Jesus. Doors were shut. He just appeared in the midst of them. So he didn't need a door. He just appeared right on in. He said, peace be unto you. Then he said to Thomas, hey, I got something to deal with with you. Come here. Here, reach thy finger and behold my hands. You want to stick your hand in there? Go ahead. Do it. Reach hither thy, thy finger and behold thy hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust. Go ahead. Put your hand in my side. Go ahead and do it. And then he says, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas said unto him, my Lord and my God. Somebody say revelation. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you've seen me, you believe. But blessed are they that have not seen and they still believe. What's interesting is, is that as you continue to read in this text, it says in many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written. We've only notated these. Why? That you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. So now we can go back to Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number one, and this gives us even more clarity on how the Bible explains what faith is. So the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number one, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I don't see it, but I believe it. It's not tangible, but I know God is going to do it. Can I help somebody in here from the front to the back? You're not there yet, but I believe God's going to take me there. Mm, glory. We can worship off that just for a moment. I, 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 I'm not going in the right direction right now, but I believe before this day is over, God's getting ready to turn me, change my mind, and get me going in the right direction. Uh-huh. I may be confused right now, but I know my God is not the author of confusion. And I know God is able to give me a sound mind. 
I may not see it, but you've got to believe it. That's faith. It says now faith is the substance. The word substance comes from a Hebrew word known as hypostasis. Hypostasis means substructure, subfloor, something that is under, or in other words, foundation. That's what hypostasis is. So the scripture says now faith is the foundation of things hoped for. So if your foundation is wrong, your faith is not right. Can I talk about this for a moment? If your foundation is wrong, then you cannot have something to hope for. If your foundation is wrong, then you will not be able to grab hold to evidence that is not seen. Because now faith is your substructure, your foundation. That's what faith is. It must be on the right foundation because the scripture says in verse number six of Hebrews 11, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. So without the right foundation, you cannot please the Lord. So if you have cracks in your foundation, the structure of your house will not be stable and an unstable home becomes an unhealthy home that can diminish one's faith to take action in what they believe. How can you take action in something if your foundation is not stable? Believing in the Lord if your foundation is not right in the Lord. If the foundation is wrong in the Lord, it's hard to take steps of faith. Why? Because you got cracks in the foundation. You're more concerned about breaking a leg, twisting an ankle, falling into a crack than you are just walking on a sure foundation. Hallelujah. There's anything we need to learn here today is Lord help me to have a sure foundation. As the winds blow, as the things begin to take place in our world, help me to have a sure foundation. Because we must not only believe, but we must take action in our belief. Because the scripture says in James chapter number two, verse number 19, it says, thou believest there's one God, that's good, thou doest well. That's what the scripture says. You believe in one God, that's a good thing. That's a starting point. If you read the Bible and come out with more than one God, then you need to go back. That's it. It's just one God. He said, so if you believe in one God, that's a good thing. But he said, the devils also believe in one God. And they tremble. But thou wilt know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. So it goes beyond just the believing. We must put action about what we believe. That's why the scripture says as we go through Hebrews chapter number 11 dealing with these people these men and women of God of faith it says by faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen yet moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house.
I love this story Noah because here he is building this ark this large boat for all these many years 100 plus years Noah is dealing with the building of this ark the situation how God came to him and said that it's going to rain now we must understand for those that do not understand the history of the Bible that there was no rain at this time it had never rained on earth they only were supplied the dew of the ground and that's how everything was taken care of so here comes God saying it's going to rain well first of all he probably had to explain to Noah what is rain <laughs> Noah didn't even know what rain was and then he says build a boat now in Noah's mind if it's like my mind I would say God there's plenty of boats because boats were not unusual fishing was common so it wasn't like Noah had the only boat but Noah had the only boat that floated Oh, that went over some of y'all heads right there because when the rain came when the flood began to happen everybody you better believe jumped in their boat I would have wouldn't you I would have jumped in my boat said my boat's going to float but no only one boat floated so I tell people all the time make sure you're in the right boat because there's only going to be one boat that floats I'm telling you right now don't listen to all the conspiracy things all the people that try to say there's more than one way to heaven oh no there's only one way to heaven and that is through Jesus Christ no man can come to the father unless through me I'm telling somebody right now fall in love with Jesus make sure you're on the right boat because if you're on the wrong boat your boat will not float but I want to make sure that I'm in a boat that's in the army of the Lord amen now, now, now can I teach an Eddie Robinson principle this is the Eddie Robinson principle now y'all know me. I stick to the word of God. This is not scripture, what I'm about to say. This is just an Eddie Robinson-ism. <laughs> I've got about 10 of them. Do not ask Sister Robinson. She does not like all 10. She just says, just stick to the Bible. Eddie Robinson-ism. I believe Noah had help building the ark. Eddie Robinson-ism. You won't find it here. This is what I think. I think he had help building the ark. I think it was more than just his family that was helping build, build the ark. I think there were multiple people, if not hundreds, building this mammoth of an ark that was able to hold seven of the clean animals of each kind and two of the unclean of each kind. Read your Bible. Don't listen to the movies that say it was only two by two. Oh, I just blew some of y'all minds, didn't I? It was more than two and two? Read the Bible. It was seven of the clean, two of the unclean. Some of y'all like, go home, go home and read it. It's okay. It's okay. Use ark. I believe there were many that helped him build the ark. Now, think about this. They helped build the thing that was going to save them from destruction, but never got in the thing. I want you to think about that for a moment. They helped build the very ark that was going to save them, but never got in the ark. 
My brothers and sisters, don't come here Sunday after Sunday. Don't, 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 don't be giving tithing and offering. Don't be helping around at the church. Don't be getting involved in ministries. Don't be doing all the things that help build the ark. But you never get in the ark. Don't, 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 don't think just because now you would think they was probably banging on the door saying, Noah, I helped you build this thing. Help me to get in. Open up the door, but see, Noah didn't close the door. The Bible says that God shut the door. And see, we must understand that, that when God shuts the door, it's it. When Jesus says, it's time for me to come back, and I'm coming back for a glorious church, I want to be in the glorious church. So why not give your life to the Lord? Somebody say today. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Let's magnify him. but never get in that makes no sense makes no sense I, get, I used to get mad as a kid when I helped rake the leaves cut the grass, shovel the snow I didn't get a dime my daddy just say it's my house because I said so there was no comeback for that Now I'm doing the same to my kids and my wife is slipping them dollars <laughs> behind my back. <laughs> the Bible says in verse 29, by faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying, or that means attempted to do, but they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven times. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell you about all the other people and all the other prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness and obtained promises stopped the mouths of lions. All these people that I can go on and on to talk about. But all these die. Go back to verse number 13. But every one of them died not having received the promise. You see this? All of them that had great faith. But many of them die not having received everything that they were believing in. But the Bible says that they died in faith. Not having receiving them, but having seen them afar off. And they were persuaded of them. Because persuasion is the key to endurance. You want to last in this thing? If you want to last in Christ, you got to be persuaded. This is it. This is where I'm staying. I'm not going anywhere. I don't care what happens in my life. I don't care what happens in my family. I don't care who tries to pull me away. I'm staying here. I don't care who tries to pull me out. I don't care if you talk about me. You can dog me to my face or on social media. I'm staying right here. Why? Because I'm persuaded. Persuasion is the key to endurance. This is an endurance race. I tell folks all the time, uh, this isn't easy. This isn't for the faint of heart. The world is easy. 
It's easy to give in to the things of the world. You're surrounded by it. It's tougher to say no when everybody else is saying yes. So I want to tell someone in Matthew 10, 22, it says this, and you shall be hated of all men. How or why? For my name's sake, because you stand for Jesus. You live for Jesus. People are not going to like you. Because if you stand with him, that means you stand for righteousness. You stand for holiness. You stand for a separation from the world. Just because the world decides to say this is the new fad, this is the new thing, that don't mean we go chasing after. When did the church decide to just mimic the world to try to win more people of the world? When did that start happening? Too long ago, I want to tell you. No, there's a separation. God says, no, I brought you out from among them. You used to do those things. Now you don't do those things anymore. You used to go those places. Now you don't go those places anywhere. That's right. So now people that are in the world that are hungry and thirsty after righteousness, they can see a group of people saying, I don't know about you, but I'm going with them. Because there's something about you. There's something about me that draws people to cause them to think. Say, if God can do it for you, he can do it for me. But if we're doing the exact same thing, how can we have that testimony? Ooh, I wish I could preach to y'all in here. He said, you'll be hated all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth until the end, the Bible says, the, the same, to the end, shall be saved. So I want to tell somebody, don't move. Tell your neighbor, don't move. You are positioned for a purpose. Come on, tell them, don't move. You are positioned for a purpose. Don't move. You're positioned for a purpose. Don't move. Don't try to run away. Don't try to hide now. Don't try to escape now. No, you're positioned right where you are for this season in your life for a purpose. God's got a purpose and he has a plan in your life. So don't try to escape from it. Don't try to run from it. Don't move. Because you're positioned for a reason. Oh, you thought you brought yourself here this morning. Oh, no. No man can come to the Father unless the Spirit draw. No, God's dealing with your heart. God is drawing you in this place. He's the one that's causing you to say, I don't feel like it, but I got to go. I don't feel like it, but I got to get dressed. I don't feel like it, but something is drawing me to the house of the Lord. I don't know what I'm doing right now, but something is telling me down on the inside, I know that I can change. And I need to be in the house of the Lord to change. Don't move. Some of you are thinking about going to the restroom right now. Y'all saying, man, the preacher said, don't move. Don't move. You're positioned for a purpose. Oh, I'll prove it to you in the Bible. Let's go to Esther chapter number four as I wind this up. Esther chapter number four, Mordecai told Esther, for if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knows whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Because you're positioned for a purpose, Esther. 
You're positioned for a purpose, Esther. See, there was this woman by the name of Esther who God had positioned for a purpose. The Jews were on the brink of complete destruction. But Esther, a Jewish woman who was already placed in the palace of God as a queen, believed that God would deliver his people. So Esther was positioned right where she was supposed to be for a purpose. See, where you are, you may be hurt. It may be painful. It may seem like too much, but don't look for a way out. Don't lose the faith because Jesus is able to bring you out. And when Jesus gets done with you, you are going to come out with more than what you went in with. Because the Bible lets us know in 1 Samuel chapter number 30, the scripture talks about David. And David was off fighting this battle, starting at verse number 1 off fighting the battle with his men. And the Bible says, and David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. The scripture says, and had taken the women, these are all of David's men's women. The women captives that were therein, they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. The Bible says in verse number six, and David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him. Why? Because they were all gone. It says, because the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his son and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. For the scripture lets us know in verse number eight, it says, and David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, God said, I want you to pursue for thou shalt overtake them and without fail recover somebody say all verse number 19 goes on to say after they had went in and recovered all it says and there was nothing lacking to them neither small nor great neither sons nor daughters somebody say spoil neither spoil that means the excess so after David had lost everything his wives, the wives of the men, the sons and daughters, they burned down their camp. David made a choice in that moment that we all need to make. He turned to God first. And said, Lord, what am I going to do? My own people are ready to kill me. Should I go after them? God said, pursue. And he said, you shall recover all. David then had to encourage himself. He had to pick himself back up. After he encouraged himself and picked himself back up, then he went and was able to speak to his men and say, we're going back to get all of our stuff. Because David, I didn't bring you this far to break you. I didn't let you come this far just to destroy you now. Oh, somebody hear me today. You haven't been brought this far just for you to break down now. You haven't been brought this far for you to throw in the towel now. 
because I'm telling someone I don't care where you are in your walk with God I don't care what you think you have lost I'm here to tell you that God is sitting this young man to tell somebody recover all you need to go get whatever belongs to you go get it back if you need a mindset back go get it back if you need deliverance go get it if you need healing go get it whatever you need in your life God has sent this young man to tell somebody God's going to tell you to recover all and not only are you going to get what belongs to you but you're going to come back with more than what you came in with because God is able to exceed the abundance of everything you ask or even think so I'm here to tell somebody recover all recover all in your home recover all in your marriage recover all in your finances recover all in your heart recover all in your mind recover all that belongs to you there's not one thing that you have lost that God has not sent me to tell you go get it back it belongs to you it belongs to you it doesn't belong to that devil that devil's a lie he comes to kill steal and to destroy but my God came that we might have life and that we may have it more abundantly that means all that means everything that means everything that belongs to me it belongs to me so now I've got to stand on my hoopostasis I've got to have a good faith a good foundation that no matter what's happening in my life I'm going to praise him I'm going to magnify him I'm going to worship him because I may not see it but I believe it Oh, I wish I had a few people in here. You may not see it, but do you believe it? Do you know that God is able to do it? Do you believe that God is able to bring you out? Oh, I feel like praising. I feel like worshiping. I feel like preaching for a little bit. I want to tell somebody, you may not feel it in the tangible, but I can receive it in my spirit. And if your spirit will receive it, then your faith can receive it. If your faith receive it, then I've got joy. I've got joy, unspeakable joy. And my joy is full of glory somebody clap your hands unto the Lord bless his holy name hallelujah (laughs) well I just felt like having a little bit of church in here because I'm telling you we ought to recover all and what I love is is that God mentioned nothing about the spoil to David. Ooh, let me talk to you. Listen, listen, we read it. He asked the Lord, shall I pursue? God said, pursue and recover all. That's all he said. Go after it. You're going to get back everything that you lost. But they came back with not only all, but more. I love it because faith without works is dead because if David would have never went after all he never would have got more oh man I hope I didn't go over your head I'm telling you just move just move just move whatever you need just move don't stay where you are just move and I promise you if you move God will move but when God moves he does more than what you even think he can do come on let's stand to our feet clap your hands unto the Lord let's magnify his holy name Hallelujah. Come on, praise him. Jesus' name. Come on up here. 
Come on, praise team. Go ahead, go ahead. Grab those boards back there, please. Listen. Listen. Come on, walk up here with that. Come on, Kevin. Walk up here with that. That fear. Walk on over there with that doubt. Walk on over here. Look, these are the things that we've got to replace today. Ha, glory. I can't walk out of here not believing. Now faith is the foundation. Now faith is the substructure. Now faith is my subfloor of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. See, this is how the enemy works in unbelief. He'll work on your mind, young man, and cause you to stop believing. It can be the smallest thing. And the enemy will just, he'll work on that and say, "Uh uh-huh. I told you, don't be believing. Yeah, that Pastor Robinson, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I may not, but I know that Bible does. Don't, don't, don't. You, you, you've been praying, you've been trying, but see, nothing's happening. That's what he's trying to plant right there, that unbelief. But at some point, somebody here today needs to take that unbelief and have a mind change and take that unbelief and turn it into faith. Because see then, if he can't get you with unbelief, he'll just start planting doubt. Well, I'm not sure. Is it going to happen? Is it true? Is it real? Is it for me? Because if he can't get you all the way to just not believe, he'll just start planting seeds of doubt. And see, be careful when people start coming into your life just talking to you. Be careful of the voices that you entertain in your life. Because every voice is not a godly voice. Some people are sent into your life to plant seeds of doubt. But somebody here today needs to have a mind change and plant a new seed of faith and make sure you have faith in the Lord. Because if he can't get you to unbelieve, can't get you to doubt, oh, he'll work on that fear. Uh Uh-oh. We have this disease. We got this going on in our world. We got this separation. We got this division. We got this pandemic. Boy, fear has swept through our world like crazy. Don't go to church. Don't gather. Don't be too close. Don't touch anybody. You know that's a working of the enemy? You know the scripture talks about the doctrine of laying on of hands? I wish I had the time. That's a working. Because see, when we lay on our hands, there's a spiritual transfer. Somebody needs to trade in that fear and make sure they stand on faith. So today, we're not leaving out of here with unbelief, doubt, or fear. No, we're leaving out of here with an elevation of faith. Am I helping somebody right now? Somebody here today is going to make a life-changing decision. 
somebody here today is going to make the decision by faith today I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ I want to be filled with his spirit by faith knowing that God is able to do it whatever's going on in your life we're removing the seeds of unbelief doubt and fear and we're allowing that seed of faith to just be elevated in our hearts come on star city family let's move let's move let's move by faith let's lift our hands to the lord come on right where you are make that place an altar come on cry unto the lord lift your hands this is where we take time to worship the lord in the name of jesus whatever you need from god come on step up by faith cry unto the lord elevate your hands lift your voice unto him God, I 